Lisa, may I see you privately for a moment? This can only be good. Lisa, competitive spelling has fallen on hard times. Today's students would rather watch Ozzy Osbourne. Look at me, I'm a drug addict. Ho, ho, ho. Some of us still enjoy scripted comedy, sir. That's a good girl. But if spelling is to compete, it needs a charismatic champion. Someone like me, back when I was a white-haired little boy. Well, I haven't won yet. Nor shall you. What? The future of our very sport is at stake. And we want the gold medal to go to him. Who? Alex? The boy that everybody loves? Yes, he's crowd-pleasing and he's cute. Women in the audience toss their thick glasses at him. I'm not throwing a spelling bee. I'll die before I misspell. Be reasonable, Lisa. If you take a dive, we'll guarantee you a scholarship to the Seven Sisters College of your choice. Oh, free college? And a hot plate. It's perfect for soup. Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode EABF07. It is I'm spelling as fast as I can. I am Dando. I am Guy. Did you spell that correctly, Dando? Was it E after A or vice versa? Did you get that <laughs> right? It depends. So I never actually understood that rule. I, I never knew about that rule. I mean, obviously I still spell correctly most <laughs> of the time, but I never looked at it like that way. So it's I before E except after C or unless it's... I actually wrote the, the, the description of the word, of the, of the rule out. So unless it sounds like an A sound, is that right? Like neighbor? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I must I admit, I did, I, I did rewind that. That's interesting. That's an interesting wrinkle. The English language is a weird thing, my friend. I, I, I am constantly amazed how anyone else learns it. Anyone else oh, I know, right? Yeah, and, and there's a lot of people who grew up English think that other languages are more difficult? No, 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 no. English, it's the no. worst. <laughs> so, yeah, anyway, I'm spelling as fast as I can. I thought this was a pretty fun episode. It's The B plot of this is what I think most people remember it for. The Rib Witch <laughs> is one of those side plots from the later seasons that everyone seems to remember and still quotes to this day. It's just, it's just a lot of fun. I think it's one of those things where, obviously I can't do it now with a family, two kids and whatnot, but... It, it seems like it's something would have been fun to do. Just go traveling around, follow, chasing the, this <laughs> this burger that keeps going out of uh, out of production at certain restaurants. Just like uh, the Rubich tour, I think it would have been a lot of fun. Like I, the, 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 what was your? Let's, let's get straight into it. What was your sort of like uh, takeaway food that Maccas would bring, or Hungry Jacks, or KFC, or whatever that would only last a certain period of time? What's your favorite? Well, we are indeed jumping the gun here. I mean, you, is that a mailbag you, question? You, you have reached into the mailbag. All right, then we'll save that for the mailbag, the, shall we? A tease, a tease for the mailbag. Completely <laughs> the wrong uh, side of the uh, of the show. Yeah, we, we do have a not one but two uh, Ooh, okay. patrons asking us about our favourite fast food that was limited. So yes. um, yeah. <laughs> we'll have to we'll save that for the mailbag then. We'll, we'll, a bit of a tease there. That's what's coming up in the mailbag, listeners. But yeah, so I'm spelling as fast as I can. I did think this was a lot of fun. I think the Lisa story as well. It's one of your typical Lisa, you know, a crisis moment. Does she throw her morals out the window in order to achieve something? Obviously, she she never usually does that. Mm. I, I think it was it was a solid story. It never really strayed away from anything. And it, it, what it did a good job of was bringing the B plot with the A plot at the end there as well. True. Yes, uh, Homer 
turning his back on the on the well on the ribwich tour or the ribwich rib in heads. general yeah <laughs> to uh to be a good dad and show up at his uh, his daughter's moment of glory here's the que- here's the question though would he have done that if it wasn't the last ribwich date mm. we'll never know <laughs> it's true that's that's a, a moral uh, a moral question to ask yourself not unlike the moral dilemma at the uh, at the core of this episode at the core of Lisa's story at least yeah, has, yeah. has Lisa been through a few of these do you think sort of mo- or am I just remembering this episode in particular I always feel like that Lisa always sort of gets gets thrown a bit of an ethical curveball that, that's what I, that's what I was saying before she seems to have a few of these moments what was the one where she oh it was the where she goes to Washington and That's she sees right, the yeah. she's the guy taking the bribe and whatnot, and she doesn't believe in America anymore, and blah blah blah. So she, she does have these moments, but this was like take the bribe and achieve everything you've always wanted, mm. going to a college of your choice, but you got to pretend that you can't spell a certain word. And I think it was great here that she didn't do that, but she also didn't succeed because it's important yeah. that the Lisa character does <laughs> experience failure from time to time as well, and sort of realize, oh, I'm not perfect, and it's okay not to be perfect. It keeps her relatable, and it, yeah, I'm reminded of a comment uh, by the great playwright Samuel Beckett. Uh, mm-hmm. You'll find this on various Etsy posters and inspirational quotes all over social media. Etsy posters. <laughs> <laughs> ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. You'll learn more from failing than you do from succeeding. Yep, that this is, is completely this true. Is, if I've got any wisdom in part with my old beard... Uh, my old grey beard. It's don't be afraid to fuck up. You you will learn more from that than you will from success. Success can make you a little bit complacent. Don't we know it? <laughs> <laughs> Failure on the other hand is like yeah, don't don't do that again. So um, <laughs> and don't we know that? And don't we know it? Ooh, I'm learning all the time. Anyway, sorry, you were asking, Dana. My my favourite yeah, part you from just, this episode. I think this. I, I thought this was fun. What do you think? I liked it. I liked it yeah. a lot. But uh, I say that as uh, someone who is still carrying around the the thrill of victory from a grade three spelling bee where he got a hundred percent. Oh wow! Way yeah. Did oh you, yeah. So you didn't, did you I, get asked to um spell? But was it buzz? No. What, what was the one in Billy Madison? We have to spell the word. Oh, says, I'm the smartest man alive. <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten. I've forgotten exactly what we had to spell that day but I just remember strutting home just like yeah that's right strut <laughs> best speller on the block <laughs> yeah so you so you was it just your class or the school oh no it was just the class just the class still that's an achievement nonetheless though I recognise that it was a very small scale victory in the scheme of victories but uh, a victory is a victory my friend you yes. take them when you can get them yes and for grade three yeah, I just remember the feeling more than anything. It was like, hmm, that's nice. I got a feeling. <laughs> Chalking up a W for Davis. Yeah. Um, but no, I like this episode a lot. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like the A plot. I like the B plot. They they almost felt like simultaneous A plots. I mean, it, uh, like, yeah, it's hard to sort of call home as the B plot, isn't it? When yeah. It essentially is the B plot because the overall story is uh, at least going to the Spell Olympics, but still, there was enough of the Homer story to sort of call it a 50-50 split almost, wasn't it? Absolutely. There? Well, when you were talking about how a lot of people remember the Ribwich, I hadn't really remembered that part. Really? Okay. No, no. I, yeah. I didn't remember a lot about this episode. I forgot until... it was in this episode. I thought the Ribwich, because it's so prominent in this, I always thought the Ribwich was just an episode. I thought that was just oh. the Ribwich episode. Because I always remember the Spell Olympics as well, but yeah. I just I didn't realise they were in the same one. But yeah, I just... yeah. The, 
Oh my God, when he first eats, eats that rubich, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic, yeah. Uh, no, I, I got quite a kick out of this one. A good, a good fun episode. Not necessarily an all-timer, but yeah, I, oh, spelling as fast as I can. So, yeah, okay. I'm not, I'm not skipping. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's, you can get the Ribwich from the Krusty Burger at Universal Studios <laughs> in, in America, yeah. Now, what do you think of George Plimpton's appearance? Very partial to it. Yeah, uh, it was really I, good. It's one of those appearances that not many people talk about, I guess because it comes in a later, a later season, but just plays himself, takes the piss, good fun. Yeah, I mean, for someone as accomplished... Yeah, as George Plimpton, uh, to yeah, pretty not mercilessly take the piss out of himself, but quite enthusiastically poke fun at himself. I it sounded I, like he was having a, a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I think the man might have been blessed with a good sense of self aware humour, though. Yeah, yeah. We could talk a bit about it. No, but Plimpton was primarily a journalist, but he's one of those guys that did a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. But primarily, he was best known for a series of articles and books where. He basically, as an enthusiastic amateur, would go along to sporting clubs, sporting teams, and take part. You know, just just very briefly, like you know, throwing out the throwing out a few pitches at a major league baseball game. But he's probably best known uh, for a book called Paper Lion, where he did a whole preseason. I think training with was it the Detroit Lions? Is that the the? I'm not too sure, but that would make sense. Paper yeah, Lion, yeah, yeah, and um, I think well, maybe is, is, is Detroit. Oh, is that is that a baseball team? Is it? That's a football team. Now, Detroit is not the Lions in football, I don't think. I could be wrong. Hang on. I'm thinking of Denver Broncos. Sorry. My fault. Do a little Googling just quickly. Detroit Lions. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Have you Googled? Yeah, I've Googled it. It's American football team, Detroit Lions. Sorry, okay. listeners. I'm clearly I'm not a huge NFL fan. <laughs> <laughs> Nor am I really, but I'm a huge George Plimpton fan. Yeah, no, yeah. but uh, that's one of the... Probably the thing he's best known for was writing this book or paper line about his experiences as someone not necessarily all that sporty throwing himself wholeheartedly into a, into professional sport. But, you know, he, he, he co-founded a magazine called the Paris Review, one of the yeah. preeminent sort of literature magazines. They mention that in this episode, actually. They do, yeah. Well, I think he's probably big noting himself for that. And let's not forget his role as, um, as the evil dean in Boner <laughs> Academy. Oh, shit, I just blew one of my trivia questions. <laughs> The Boner Academy was too good to pass up. I know, right? How great is it, though, in those moments where Homer always gets so invested in the characters? You monster! How could you do that to him? (laughs) How could you expel Bookerman? (laughs) He always gets so outraged. (laughs) And the fact that Plimpton replies to him like it was a real thing. He put a rubber phallus in my drawer. (laughs) Well, one of the fun things about Plimpton, I think, uh, well, another fun fact, he shows up in Goodwill Hunting. Does he really? Yeah, there's a... There's the bit where Matt Damon has to go to all these different psychiatrists as part yeah, of yeah, his yeah. parole or whatever. Hmm. And George Plimpton is one of them. Oh, And that's okay. it's the one yeah, where yeah. Matt Damon's sort of talking about, oh, you know, oh, I don't really like myself all that much, except when I go out to nightclubs and hear this house music. Mm, mm, mm. And Plimpton's really getting into it. And Matt Damon's going, is it hard to pretend you're not gay? <laughs> <laughs> what? No. How, how dare you? Yeah. Enough, enough of this. No you. more ballyhoo. It's, like, it's, a, it's a really good performance. So, yeah, I, I was very happy to see Plimpton. I think he does a really good job. And this, um, maybe not a fun fact. Let's skip ahead a little, Dan. When did this episode air? I know. I, this is going to be my next fact as well. <laughs> so, so, this aired in February of 2003. Mm. And? And uh, Mr. Plimpton shuffled off this mortal coil. He died on September the 25th, the same year. 
Yeah, so what would that be? Seven, only seven months later. It's a shame. Yeah. I like, at least he lived long enough to see himself in The Simpsons. Correct. The lifelong dream of George Plimpton. <laughs> <laughs> also, apparently, a demolitions expert. He, um, oh, wow. Well, yeah, okay. yeah, he uh, fought in World War Two for the Americans, I believe, um, and uh, did a lot of uh, demolition work. Oh, there you go. Uh, another fact about this episode was that they're at the start when they were going watching the Boobarella and whatnot, and Marge brings up the school's about to start because they said the the commercial for the Quickie Mart. There was a lengthy scene at the beginning, just after that, where Bart quickly rushes to try and do everything that he was going to do during summer vacation because he realizes he hadn't uh, done anything. <laughs> but they cut that out for, for for time, and it makes more sense because in my notes I was like, was there any real point for the whole Bart? You know, Bart, are you excited for um? For school to come back, it was just like it sort of went nowhere. Yeah, it, it gets yeah. you get the feeling you're going to get a very Bart centric episode. Maybe it's yeah. a nice bait and switch on the part of the show, but it's like it's got a whole lot of Bart and Booberella. Yeah, yeah, they, they cut them, um, <laughs> they cut that scene, but they did add it into a later episode, the monkey suit from season 17. Ooh, three years later. Okay, well, we'll get to that eventually. <laughs> we will. Now, one thing I want to get off the top before we get into favorite moments and trivia and whatnot. Mm-hmm. The one thing that I didn't like about this episode. It's not even really a. It's not a slight on this episode. It's a slight on the writers. So, Barney's apparently an alcoholic again with no explanation. Hmm. What? Yeah, I no- I noticed you taking issue with that. Uh, I on, have no issue media. with him becoming an alcoholic again. I have issue with the fact that it was a simple five second passing gag that they threw that whole story out the window. Yeah, he should relapse for the uh, for the sake of a of a cheap gag. You don't or, even or a see him. Gag. You don't even see him relapse. It's just he's just drunk in the gutter again. Yeah, he's he, the character is better off for it in a sense from a from a, a humor perspective. So much yeah. funnier. But you had him for what two or three seasons now mm. as a, as a as sober, and then it's almost like in the writers' room they sort of went, "How can we sort of base this a, a story around this?" And they just went, "Nah, they won't care. Let's just fucking let's just make him drunk again." It's I think like, people like Barney drunk. Yeah, let's just yeah. Having said that, I think it would be difficult for the writers or for the show to get Barney back on the beers, so to speak, uh, and actually sort of commit a storyline to it. It'd be like, I don't know, this is a bit sad. Yeah, <laughs> but it getting, would give... He's got hard-won sobriety and now he's on, on the piss again. The, uh, there's two ways of looking at it. There's there's the way I'm sort of seeing it where I, I think that they, they could have based a story around it, but from taking it from what you just said, I guess if you base a story, and there would have to be an element of sadness to it why he would go back to mm. being drunk again, it would kind of make it hard to laugh at him again if him yes. becoming drunk was a sad story because, like, you always then go, you wouldn't be laughing at him. You'd be going, oh, I kind of feel bad for him now because, mm. yeah, so, okay, I can, I can, I'll take it back then. I mean, I, I was disappointed that it was just sort of a passing gag, but I will admit that it's probably better off in the sense that you, you want to be able to laugh at him and if, if the story of him becoming drunk again is a sad story, you'd find it hard to laugh at him going forward. Maybe. Yeah, because, I mean... I'm trying to remember the times that we saw Barney drunk in the earlier uh, parts of the show, and I don't know he never seemed sort of that destructive or self-destructive, just a amiable pisshead. Oh, uh, yeah, he had, he had his moments. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favourites, though, is when the Duff factory gets shut down, and it's like there's a man leaving a single rose at the gate, and it's just the, sh- the silhouette of Barney, <laughs> the rose at the gate. Um, anyway, but yeah, so I, it, it felt cheap to me, but I can see it both ways. Yeah, the best way that, or the best time that it's balanced those two things is during the film festival episode when he's made his, don't cry for me, I'm already dead. 
Yeah. You know, he's, it's this very touching, you know, exploration. Oh, oh, he's a slave to the bottle, all this kind of stuff. Like, oh, that poor man. Thank you. Oh, my God, get away from me. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's all pretty funny. Did someone crawl on your throat and die? It didn't die. <laughs> hey, my favorite. So what was your favorite moments from I'm Spelling As Fast As I Can? A few bits from Marge. Actually, I like when she sees little Alex, the uh, cute, lisping, yeah. little spelling champion. It's like, hmm, I'd sure like to tuck that in at night. <laughs> Marge's seal of approval. I thought that was great. It was great. I really liked when she says how she's going to help raise money for Lisa's college. I'm going to become a piano teacher. I just have to say one lesson ahead of the student. That is fantastic. I thought that was such a great line. That was so good, wasn't it? Um, it was good. There was another one. It wasn't really a Marge joke, but a, still, I thought it was a really nifty gag. The whole thing yeah. with Ken Brockman just bemoaning this uh, slow oh, yeah, news yeah. day, all of a sudden gets the great uh, dreadful thing that's happened in Paris or whatever. Click. TV's off just as you're about yeah. to find out but I just love the way the joy of oh here we go this is good <laughs> Paris is no more <laughs> Paris really liked, is no more yes I really liked Homer's overdramatic response to the Rubich no longer being in Springfield just the, the, it lists off all the, the different things it's like first this then this then this you monster! <laughs> and then the, the the music cue, and it's all slow motion, and Lenny and Carl are trying to like help him out. And he sort of stops, turns around, just goes and orders fries anyway. <laughs> I also liked. It's been a while since I've had one. I'm getting the shakes and the fries. Oh, <laughs> it must be. It's a cheap gag, but it's a good gag. It is a good gag, yeah. And Lisa, I'd like to talk to you privately. Oh, this can only be good. <laughs> uh, two other things that I did enjoy very yeah, quickly. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, just Millhouse at the spelling bee. Millhouse, your word is choke. F. <laughs> um, and while we're uh, celebrating all things George Plimpton, yeah. just him at the end saying, I go back to whatever it is I do. <laughs> so... Which is yeah, many things. That's yeah. right, yeah. You do a lot of things. What exactly is it? What do you do? Yeah. <laughs> and finally for me, I really liked when Krusty arrives at the end and Otto mistakes him for a drive through <laughs> and opens his mouth and starts making an order. <laughs> thought it was really good. Next question. You there, eating the paste. My first question, Mr. Davis. Go right ahead. Is, what was the name that Martin and Nelson gave to Earth or the school? They said, thank oh. God we're back here. Oh, well, it wasn't terra firma, was it? It was like... Yeah, it was terra firma. It was terra firma. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's glad to be back here on terra firma. <laughs> That's right, Commander. Uh, my first question to you. Mm. Mm. Okay, question plus mm-hmm. potential bonus point. Oh, my. What was the film that Booberella was airing mm. and what year was that film made? Okay, so it was Frankenstein and the Globetrotters meet the mummy and... The Washington Generals. Yeah! And, ah, uh, 19, is the 80s, 1983. You are correct, sir. That's two All points right. to you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, here's another question for you, based one for you. What body parts of uh, body parts of what team was Frankenstein made of? Denver Nuggets. Yes, correct. <laughs> is that an actual team? <laughs> yes, it just certainly is. <laughs> Poor old Denver. Uh, know, right? they, they always shit on Denver. Denver Broncos, Denver Nuggets. <laughs> Poor old Denver. It seems like a nice place. John um, Denver. <laughs> I, I've got to take issue, by, by the way. I don't think they were making movies like this in 1983. 1973, you'd absolutely get Frankenstein, the Harlem Globetrotters, Meet the Mummy and the Washington Generals. Not in 83. We were way yeah, beyond yeah. that. 
You reckon 73? I reckon even earlier. Mm. No, I think 73 is the exact sweet spot for that. Okay. Yeah, and you would know. You would know. I'm not going to question that. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but question for me from you. What register did Homer eat his first ribwich at? <laughs> I was about to say, where is the drool cleanup? Register four. <laughs> register four, correct, yes. <laughs> What's your next one? Hopefully you won't get this because you mm. were like such and such and whatever before. Oh, shit, yeah. What are the three limited dishes that Homer bemoans the loss of? Ah, uh, okay. You cannot mm. say such and such. I cannot say such and such. Ugh. One of them was a Philly fudge. I know that. Philly fudge. Mm, close. The watch, watch, my, watch my chicken? That's definitely right. Uh, so it wasn't Philly fudge. I thought it was Philly fudge. You're, you're almost there. You're, you've got one more word. Oh, add. Philly fudge steak. Philly fudge steak. Yeah. Oh, what was the second one? What was the second one? Philly what fudge don't steak. you eat? Oh, bacon balls. Is that right? <laughs> bacon balls? That's true. You don't eat balls. <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> Your, uh, my next question is, so Homer meets the rib head and it says Springfield on the T-shirt. What was the location beforehand and the location after? Oh, man. Um, I just it's remember. My, it's my NBA team. It's where Nickel is from in the UK. Oh, Boston? Mm-hmm. San Francisco? San Francisco. Well done. Yay. Yes. So it's, 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 we help each other here we hold hands we guide them through this is meant to be a competition yeah <laughs> everyone's a winner indeed 3M and M&M have combined to be called oh. now what it's ultra ultra something ultra f- it's, uh, I don't know what is it ultra f- ultra dine systems. ultra dines yes alright two more from me two more from me what school should you go to if you want to meet a drunk chick oh is it Bryn Mawr no, it starts with V. Oh. Vass. Oh, Vassa. Vassa, yes. <laughs> I should have paid more attention during the Seven Sisters thing. They didn't actually, she didn't actually say Vassa, but just had it on her jumper. Okay. Have you got any more for me? Because I've got do, one more. I do. This might be Alrighty. This might be worth two points because I think there's a lot of information here. I had to stop and rewind maybe four times to get all this all down. Oh, my. A gentleman offers... Homer, a pretty good accommodation deal for the last ribwich. Mm. How many days, how many nights, where, and what are the uh, conditions? Oh, fuck. Okay, so I know it's <laughs> th- three nights, four days. Mm-mm-mm. Three. Take three that, day- reverse it. Three days, four nights. Four days, three nights. Four day- what did I say? You said three days, four nights. Ah, so it's four days. I think. So, so it's four nights, three days. No, four days, three nights. Four days, three nights. Okay, sorry. That's all right. So I got that wrong. <laughs> okay. Do you want to continue? Um, I know it's the Comfort Inn. Yes. The Comfort Inn. And it's it's like December 27th to January 1st. Is that right? The blackout dates are, in fact, December 29th to January 5th. Five. Damn. All right, and well it's done. anywhere in the lower 48 states. Good question. What are the upper two, do you think? If there's a lower 48, I wonder what the upper two are. Uh, and my final question is... Where was the Spell Olympics? Oh. Lisa mentions, she says, I can't believe, I'm just glad you've came all the way here. Mm. Uh. I always uh. thought this place was in America. I'm oh, sorry, it was in Canada. Thought this was America. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know, I'm sorry. Calgary. Calgary. That's Canada, right? <laughs> I thought Cal- Calgary is Canada, isn't it? Or so is it- you have the national championships in Canada. <laughs> oh, Google. 
fetch me some information. <laughs> Hang on a sec. Calgary. City in Alberta, Canada. Yeah. Interesting. I know that from, there's a lot of wrestlers from Calgary who are, who are Canadian wrestlers. I was like, isn't this meant to be the American National Spell Olympics? Maybe North... Ah, uh, but, uh, but I guess... North American? But I guess because it's the spell... No, no, because it wasn't from different countries because Alex was American as well. Yeah, they're, who all, knows? they're all American. Yeah, they're right. I have no idea. Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> it's a bunch of stuff that happened. It is a bunch of stuff that happens. All right, guys, that is trivia for I'm spelling as fast as I can. We'll be right back after this short break with our full in-depth review. All right. It's time for this week's shout-outs for our beloved patrons. Kicking off with our $20 patrons, Jonathan Rossi, Dylan Haggett, Zach Pruitt, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Andrew Zer, Kane Von Nagy, Christopher Darby, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman Richie, Katie G, Nick Barbaro, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofer, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, Matt Thompson, George McMenemy, Keith Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Ben Smith, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, The Iconic, June Fucking Richards, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, and Groundskeeper Noah. Thank you so much, guys. Also, shout-outs to Tim Grineau, James Rooney, and Francis Adrian. Remember, if you want to show your support for the show and uh, get some exclusive stuff in return, you can join the Four Finger Discount family at patreon.com slash discount. You get this show early. All the shows we do here on the Four Finger Discount Network a week early. Access to the Facebook group, access to prize draws, access to a bunch of exclusive podcasts and much much more or if patreon is not your thing that is fine you can also chuck a donation to fourfigurediscount at outlook.com each donation will get you a shout out on the show as well as access to a couple of exclusive bonus podcasts as well for as little as one dollar per month you can show your support for the show and get some exclusive content but enough about that it's time to sit back and enjoy our review of i'm spelling as fast as i can The original air date of I'm Spelling As Fast As I Can was February 16th, 2003. Free. 2003. <laughs> nice one, Alex. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Directed by Nancy Cruz and written by Kevin Curran. And there was no chalk gag this week. The couch gag was the Etch-A-Sketch uh, opening. Do you mean the Sketch-A-Etch? No, Etch-A-Sketch. Oh, yeah, but they call it Sketch-A-Etch. Oh, do they, oh, on The Simpsons do they? Oh, okay. Mm. Well played, Simpsons. Uh, so you want to get kicks- sued? I know, right? Simpsons kick, uh, episode kicks off with Bart watching matinee of blood and commercials with Booberella. Mm, I get it. It's very much a play on Elvira, and there's a whole bunch of horror movie hostesses who tended to show off the assets, so to speak. But I don't know. Booberella's kind of like, we know they're chesty. Why, you know, be so obvious about it? This is going to be... Okay, mark this down, listeners. This is the first time Guy's been annoyed with boobs. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's annoyed because that's a diss on on Alvira. We all know how much you love Alvira. That's true. Yes, I'm a big, big Alvira. So was was Alvira like a big thing in Australia? I never really... Growing up, I never really saw much of her. No, not really. No, I mean, I don't think she was on TV over here. Okay. She had a movie, Elvira, Mistress of yeah, the yeah. Dark. Yeah, I've got the LP soundtrack for it. Yeah, I know the movie. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so she's showing the movie with a young Ray Ramone. Ray, is it Ray? No. Ray, Ray, Ramone Ray Ramone from Ramone. the Ramones? Ray Romano. <gasps> Ray Romano. Urgh, it's Ray. Ray Romano. That's, <laughs> that, what was that? Uh, Ray, I'm thinking Ray Barone is on the show, isn't it? Is it oh, okay. Are they the Barones? I think they I are the Barones. As you can tell, listeners, I've been up since 2.30 with a crying baby. I'm half asleep. I'm fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's talking Simpsons with another crying baby. 
<laughs> uh, so she's shown the movie uh, the, the Frankenstein one to me this just comes across like an unnecessary dig at Ray Romano like yeah. I don't know was he was he known for trying to get rid of his past I don't think show, he was or? necessarily litigious or anything like that I mean I don't know maybe it's just a they thought it was a nice shout out to Ray I like the little sort of tease uh, not tease yeah, the tie in here with, um, with Peter Boyle because he played Frankenstein oh correct and young yeah. Frankenstein one of the one of the great comic performances as far as I'm concerned yes so it's time for one of the 82 commercial breaks and then you'll come back and see more of her boobs. Homer says, it's nice to see a realistic single woman on TV. I must admit, okay. Look, the whole Boobarella thing was probably worth it for that line, which I thought was <laughs> actually quite funny. <laughs> Hello, Springfield. Come to my back-to-school parking lot blowout. School's starting, Bart. Aren't you excited? This year you'll learn about local history. We've got first-rate school supplies at third-world prices at the Quickie Mart, where we believe in America. Please, don't beat me up anymore. Uh, Ray Romano has now sued Bubarella, um, <laughs> so she has to go, sorry, go and uh, sort out that temporary injunction. Meanwhile, enjoy this commercial from Krusty Burger. And we get the Ribwich commercial. This is actually one of my favourite moments. The Like a Rib song is a take on Bob, Se- uh, Bob Sager's Like a Rock. So great. <laughs> Like rib. <laughs> like a rib. It tastes like liberty. Like a rib. With a bun of sesame. We start with authentic letter grated meat and process the hell out of it till it's good enough for crusty. Try my new crusty riblet. Mmm. I don't mind the taste. I just love those very just American. Ads. America. <laughs> and crusties. Mmm. I don't mind the taste. Homer's super excited for the rib witch. Um, Bart starts showing concern for Homer's health. You know, you're running out of leg veins to transplant to your heart, and Homer still has plenty of arm veins. Did what did you make of that whole yes sir reaction at the end? That was odd. Bart even asking that just seemed out of character anyway. Well, Bart's usually the one that's feeding food down Homer's face. Yeah. yeah. He, but Bart very rarely shows any concern for Homer in general. Exactly. He's it, usually... it, it, was a, it was a marge line, if anything. Yeah. Keep eating Homer, you know. Or just don't have that line at all. Didn't need it. Yeah, but but his, it didn't seem like Homer was threatening him in any way. No. Just like, eh, still got arm veins. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I don't get it. I don't understand yeah. it. And I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> Skinner arrives at school. I really like this. Singing uh, uh, school's out, but singing back in session. Catchy. Catchy. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> and then we overhear Willie here and he's, he's um, sharpening a knife. Uh, this year he gets it in the back. I don't, I'm assuming this never gets paid off. It would have been nice if this paid off in like the upcoming Treehouse of Horror or something. Like, mm. Just planting the seeds, but... it's We've got some idea of the kind of person Willie is. We never really know. But we never not, really not know, until until this we? point anyway. Sometimes he's on side with Skinner. Sometimes he wants to put a knife in his back. We don't know if he's a pervert when it comes to kids. It's it, was like th- it was like three episodes ago he was giving Skinner the, the keys to his fucking car so he yeah, can drive and get Edna back. And now he's carving, sharpening a knife to stab him in the back. I'm like, okay. Hmm. But, but in saying that, it could be because he just received a letter about his pay cut. <laughs> That is true. I would probably be sharpening a blade if that was the case. I mean, if you tried to stiff me on some of the Patreon money. (laughs) (laughs) 
there'll be many a cut this year. Yes, budget-wise, of course. <laughs> the kids are now all in the auditorium, and Martin asked Nelson about space camp. Space camp was never a thing in Australia. I would, to- I totally would have gone to space camp. Sounds like so much fun. <laughs> Something I liked. It's it captured that feeling of the first day back at school. Yes. Like, well, let's just- be honest. It was a wank. <laughs> <laughs> I did want to talk about that in a moment but first days back I thought were always fun you know particularly when you sort of hit your teenage years as well it's like hmm, who you know shot up a few inches who became a pizza face who matured shall yes. we say <laughs> last day of school is always great as well because you never do anything it's just like oh yeah the, that's marvellous yeah yeah it's just pull, last day of school was always like right which teacher is the first one to go get the old TV and wheel it up to the classroom <laughs> But yeah, first day of school, it did really capture that feeling of just being back. You don't do any work. You're just sort of hanging out with friends, catching up yeah. on what you've been doing the last six weeks. Yeah, it's good. Now, I wanted to ask, you mentioned wanker earlier and Seymour probably misusing or misunderstanding the term. Was there any trouble outside America with this? Did they edit it at all in Australia or the UK, do you think? I don't have any recollection, to be completely honest. I can't imagine they would have. Maybe in England, because wanker is a bad word. Like, bad, bad, bad word. Here, wanker doesn't matter. But I think I wouldn't be surprised if it was edited out of the UK. UK listeners, let us know. Simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Do you recall whether the the wanking part of this episode, <laughs> the wanking part, <laughs> the, the mentions of wanking were edited out of the, uh, of the original airings? I mean, it's on Disney Plus now because no one gives a shit anymore, but... Mm. Yeah, back in 2003, saying wanking on a kid's show probably wouldn't have flown on TV. So no, I don't think so. Interesting to find out. UK listeners, simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. Also, continue to send in, by the way, uh, to, to the mailbag, the most offensive thing you've ever said in front of your mother. I really want to hear some of those stories. So simpsonsmailbag <laughs> at gmail.com. Um, but before the, the wanking part, we have Jimbo heckling Skinner. <laughs> so I was a mate of day at Springfield at the country club. My dad says you're a bus boy. Oh, you mean your dad, the raging alcoholic? <laughs> burn. <laughs> it's a solid burn. Also, a bit mean. <laughs> no, Jimbo deserves it. All the shit that they've done to Skinner over the years. I guess. I mean, not necessarily mean to Skinner or, or mean to Jimbo, but just a symbolic or representative of an overall meanness in the, in the tone of the show. In the in around this era, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. They do they do occasionally throw things out like this. Is like oh okay, but yeah, I wasn't too bothered by this one. Yeah. I'd like Skinner's. Well, it's a leap year, so we're already a day behind. <laughs> <laughs> he announces they're going to be doing an all school spelling bee, which really excites Lisa, and she realizes she's going to be not popular again this year. Bart's first word to spell is imply. I M P gets his laugh. <laughs> leave stage. He knows when to leave. Leave out on top. <laughs> it's only downhill from there. Ralph then makes Bart in his pants. We then get Milhouse and Lisa. It's down to Milhouse and Lisa. And he fucks up the word choke. choke. <laughs> how, do you, how, do you, how do you start with F? I know. Don't laugh, it'll scar him. And Skinner laughs anyway. <laughs> Lisa then has to spell impune. She starts I-M-P. Bart tries to interrupt to make fun of her. Punch in the back of the head. Shut up, P. Lisa is now the school champion and she takes the opportunity to say free to bet. Oh, there'll be plenty of time for that. <laughs> And what does he give her as a prize, Mr. Davis? Behold the red planet. Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a dodgeball with Mars written on it. Well, they call it kickball. We call it dodgeball. I mean, they have dodgeballs in America as well. I, think I kick- thought they called it dodgeball and we called it kickball. No, no, we have dodgeballs. So I think dodgeballs are softer. So kickballs are a bit harder. Okay. But dodgeballs are sort of more foamy because they don't hurt as much. I don't know. I just got rocks thrown at me all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who didn't? We all did. <laughs> 
Lisa is happy that she, you know, she's getting cheered for being smart. She can't believe it. But Homer is just more interested in the kickball. Yes, well, there seems to be no evidence of water. <laughs> Marge is impressed. She's proud, so she kicks it up onto the mantle. And then Lisa says, if she wins state, then she can go to the Spell Olympics. And <laughs> I like this. Marge, I'm just happy you're excited about anything besides saving the whales. Face it, they're doomed. <laughs> Try the new rib witch. It's so good you'll croak. You seem like an impartial observer, but I've been fooled by so many people in costumes. Try the sauce. I'm soaked in it. Oh, I could lick you all day long. And yet my children think I'm a failure. Uh, what do you think of the, well, you know, Homer says, you know, the best thing I've ever tasted or whatever, and the kids still think I'm a failure. I'm like, eh, yeah, well. again, a bit sort of, not just mean, bit, but just sad. Yeah. Not not quite hitting the comic note you want from The Simpsons, I don't think. No, not quite. I mean, uh, actually, no, I take that back. I mean, it need to be Gil in there. It need to be Gil in that suit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And Gil yeah. saying that line kind of makes it funny, but just some random guy... I don't know. Yeah. If, if, if you're going for pathetic, it's got to be Gil going forward. It has to be. <laughs> That's a rule. New rule. Yes. New rule. It's a great sequence, though, of Homer eating the ribwitch, isn't it? It is. Bit of a knockoff. Uh, we'll get to this in the mailbag as well because someone alludes to it. But, but just, just just tell listeners now what it is. Though. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a, a riff on the, I think it's from 2000 or 2001, the movie. 2000, Re- yeah. yeah. Requiem for a Dream which uh, I commonly cite as the most depressing movie ever made. Really? I, I watched it once. I will never watch it again. Actually, no, I probably will watch it again at some stage, but I remember... So it's like, so it's like you're Dot the Kangaroo. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing it back in the day and thinking, this is marvellous. This is incredible filmmaking and wonderful performances, a really incisive look at addiction, all that kind of stuff. I'm never watching it again. It is it's just true, though. I was saying to Nicola... Because we were watching a TV show the other day, and the episode left me feeling really flat, and I said, it was Designated Survivor, so something happened oh, yeah. in an episode. I won't say what it was, I don't want to spoil it for the, for the listeners, but it's a really sad fucking ending to an episode, and I was like, or to an ending to the story arc, and I went, I really don't feel like I want to watch this show anymore. I just don't find enjoyment out of watching things that I know are going to leave me feeling shit. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, why would I invest my time in this? I can, I can appreciate that it's a good show, but if it's going to leave me feeling shit, why would I watch it? I think there's a yeah there's a big difference between things where you end up crying or a bit sad, but you sort of feel good or satisfied as a result. You yeah, know, I mentioned Goodwill Hunting before. Every time I watch Goodwill Hunting, I'm always sort of oh yeah, at the end of it. Ben Affleck shows up. Matt Damon's not there. Sorry, spoilers for Goodwill Hunting. I love that you spoil it and then say sorry afterwards. <laughs> You'll be editing this episode later, Dando. Feel free to go. Beep. It's from 24 years ago. If you haven't seen it, that's true. Go, go see Goodwill Hunting. Good movie. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, the end of that, I'm always, oh, or, you know, the end of Brokeback Mountain or something, or Dead Poet Society. But I realise that these are sad, but at the same time, I'm like, yeah, but I kind of feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, there are some things that are just a downer. It's like, no, nah, don't need to see that again, even if it's, even if it's good. And that's Requiem for a Dream. But Homer getting all. People's, People's dilating, yeah, yeah. stuff surging through the bloodstream. That's basically what the characters in that movie feel like when they're injecting heroin. Ow. 
Sir, are you all right? I have eaten the ribs of God. Drool clean up and register for. It's now time for the state finals. Lisa is asked to spell ameliorate. She asked for it in a sentence and... Superintendent Chalmers, as always, has been using Skinner in the, in the examples. <laughs> Nothing can ameliorate the ineptitude of Principal Skinner. Ameliorate's a tough one. I mean, as you may have heard I earlier. Spelled it, I would have spelled it wrong. I pride myself on my spelling abilities, but yeah, that's one I'd have to look up. Lisa, you've just won state finals. The only reason you said that, I think, was to explain to the viewers at home that this was state finals, because I didn't mention it earlier. My little girl's got her own cheering section. Hey, who doesn't? You tell her, Big H. You're the man. Ah, you ain't so hot. Bart is proud of the Simpson finally has a trophy without a bowling ball on top, and Lisa suggests, you know, to celebrate, let's go see a movie. I will admit that there was an element of bad Homer, like Dick Homer in this episode, in that he was willingly mm. not spending time helping celebrate with his daughter, who was achieving something big here, so he can go eat a sandwich. No, Homer says here, it's a magical family moment, and I won't be there. <laughs> it's, it's, I think it's because they actually had, if, if Lisa just fobbed it off like, oh yeah, whatever, it wouldn't have mattered, but they had Lisa like genuinely sad that Homer wasn't going to be there. She goes, won't be the same without you, Dad. I'm like, oh, now I kind of feel bad for Lisa, and Homer's a horrible father for doing this. <laughs> it, it, it didn't seem, to, it didn't seem to, because she seemed so sad, and it didn't seem to bother Homer that he was making her sad, I was like, ah. Oh. This isn't cool. True. I think they should have played up the fact that he was so in the thrall of the rib witch. Just don't have Lisa be so sad, and it's fine. <laughs> oh, you've got to have conflict. That's the essence of good uh, good drama, and also comedy. Three rib witches, please. And instead of a shake, I'd like a blended rib witch. I'm sorry, sir. The rib witch was for a limited time only. Not again. First you took away my Philly fudge steak, and then my bacon balls, then my watch of my chicken. <laughs> you monster. I'd like a large prize, please, and a collector's cup. When I was a kid, I always had to get the collector cup. If there was a collector <laughs> cup to be collected, it was collected. <laughs> One of the rib heads then says to Homer, you know, suggests that he joins him on the tour. Homer agrees. How, I mean, how long are we going to live anyway? Well, oh, it's not long. It says on there, we'll cause early death. <laughs> Just the very smiley, crusty face, which I thought was a nice touch. I, I did d- like the little, little, little warnings from Krusty on his packaging. Yeah. <laughs> I also just like the idea of being that kind, like like a deadhead or a fish freak or or a, or a ribhead or whatever. Just A mackhead. Yeah, getting on the bus and following your band of choice around or something along those lines, just having no cares or no worries other than, hey, man, let's just go catch the next gig. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds nice. <laughs> Lisa is then given a double-wide locker um, to show their appreciation. So all of her books will fit. Ralph's locker is now gone, and he's now going to be using Willie's shack. He has to lose all his books because they won't be needed where he's going. Poor Ralph. Yeah, yeah poor Ralph and, again, Weird representation of Willie, but I don't know. I don't know. It's this sort of just changes just to suit the gag, doesn't he? The he Willie does. character these days. We then get the Brockman News report, and he's annoyed that all the stories he's reading out don't seem like actual news, which includes Lisa winning the um winning the national winning the state and going to Spell Olympics. Oh, that's better. Paris is no more. The legendary city of lights has been extinguished forever as a massive click. <laughs> 
Lisa and Marge discuss the I before E rule. And we get the, the Jim Neighbors. So explain to the listeners who Jim Neighbors is. Uh, best known as Goma Pyle. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he? I don't know if he was. He's one of those guys who was basically comic relief on a bunch of sitcoms. Bit of a goober. <laughs> a bit sort of not quite bright, not quite slick. Always the dummy. Always the dummy, but good of heart, shall we say. When was Goma Pyle on? I'm going to say the late 60s to the early 70s. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's what most people seem to remember him from, being Goma Pyle. Yes, indeed. And Goma become a bit of a synonym for someone lacking in sophistication, shall we say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Goma Pyle, USMC, United States Marine Corps, started in 64, went for five seasons. There you go. Yep. Okay, let's have a little bit more about Jim Neighbours. No, let's not. I can't be bothered. No, don't want to know <laughs> any more about Jim. I'm going to cook, my, I'm going to cook some dinner. <laughs> <laughs> i got other things to do with my life. Oh, man. And I just know that we're still recording when my wife gets home with those two kids. I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Quick thing. Goma Pyle actually was a character on the Andy Griffith show before yes. he became uh, good, before he got his own spin-off. Lisa then goes to run around town to practice her spelling. Wasn't a huge fan of the Cletus bit here. Gives gets a middle name for his daughter, mm. Scabies. It was the I don't think you're supposed to hold a lot that. I'm like, but that didn't seem to be necessary. I'm not pro Cletus, but I, I thought I thought the gag was that we are aware that you shouldn't be holding a baby upside down. Mm. You didn't need Cletus to point that out yeah. anyway. Just seemed either they had Cletus say that, but that's that's by the by, who gives a shit? It's not that big of a deal. And I like the auto gag here though. Spell ACDC. You forgot the lightning bolt. <laughs> <laughs> then we get Barney with the relapse. R-E-L-A-P-S-E. That's what Bjorn's done to me. Suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me, suck it to me. Lisa then arrives and apparently everyone's like super behind Lisa. That was one of the, uh, the odd, that's an odd aspect behind this episode, how supportive the town was of Lisa. It was just weird that they'd give a shit about spelling. <laughs> I think any any chance of success, Springfield will just... Yeah, I guess so, yeah. yeah. She hopes that one day spellers will replace athletes um, for national <laughs> acclaim. They all boo her. How about you spell Little Miss? She thinks she's so big. I never felt so seen. Mo then goes to leave because he's got a bar to run. We're now at the 34th Spellympiad, and George Plimpton arrives here. As he says, the founder of the Paris Review and the evil dean in Boner Academy. Homer's just outraged. <laughs> Boogerman. Yes, we get the annual tradition of releasing the bees, followed by the extermination by the Blue Angels, and the crowd also coughed due to the gas. Yeah, whatever. I like the um the montage, the perfect song title by the way, about a song choice should say "Put a Spell on You." Oh yeah, what a song! Fantastic, um, love me some screaming Jay. Yeah, how great was the Marge line here though? I love this. It's like living in a dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, he's an aceros. Really, he possesses the properties of a pine needle. Right? <laughs> Look, I didn't bring a Game Boy. This is all I got. A N T H R A X Anthrax. Oh, he's adorable. I'd sure like to tuck that in at night. Well, we're down to our three finalists. Lisa, Sun Moon, and Alex. We will crown our champion tomorrow. Now, please enjoy our unlicensed knockoff of the Olympic Anthem. Homer then points out that he's going to San Francisco for the final stop of the Ridwich tour, and Lisa takes it pretty well this time. 
No, I, I guess I, I got here. I guess at least he came to this one. Yeah, yeah. Didn't didn't ignore it completely. Marge says, "Don't worry, Lisa. You can win without him." And Lisa says, "She's gonna be queen of the world of spelling." <laughs> and George asks to talk to Lisa privately. Oh, this can only be good. And he points out that competitive spelling has fallen in hard times. Kids would now rather watch Ozzy Osbourne. Which is a dated gag, but is, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne was all the rage at the. Uh, maybe I think it was even by that point he seemed a bit dated. It was like early two thousand, like really early two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand one. The Osbournes was a very big thing. Yeah, oh, man, it was. It was what put. It's really what put like reality TV on the map, like celebrity reality TV. Yeah. Can you can you name a big one before that, where it was just let's just follow celebrities around for a while? I Not this kind that. of show. I'm trying to think if. You know the likes of Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie. You know nah, that, that thing? was after. That was was after. it after? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the Osbournes was was the first one, and I'm not going to lie, I watched it, I enjoyed it. Every, everyone watched the Osbournes Monday night nine thirty. Who didn't? Maybe it was eight thirty. Probably might have been a bit late. <laughs> but I, I've got here. I've, I'm pretty sure this was just the writers sort of getting a bit of a, a jab in at reality TV again because they have Lisa say, "You know, some of us still enjoy scripted comedy, sir. That's a good girl." <laughs> <laughs> He says that they need a charismatic champion. Lisa thinks it's her, but unfortunately it's Alex. Alex? That boy that everyone loves? (laughs) The women in the crowd, they throw their thick glasses at him. And Lisa, she refuses to to, to pretend to not be able to spell in order to make Alex a champion. So they offer her a scholarship at the Seven Sisters College of her choice. So it's free college and a hot plate. It's perfect for soup. (laughs) Uh, And so Lisa here, she's in a dilemma. Does she take um, take the bribe? and throw her morals out the window, or does she try and succeed? Lisa then has the dream about the seven sisters in the various schools, and they've each got their own identity. She then wakes up in a like, like a nightmare and asks Marge, and, you know, will you and Dad be able to afford college? Mom, I'm having a crisis of conscience. Can you and Dad afford to send me to college? Oh, sure. I mean, not on your father's salary, but I could... And give piano lessons. But you don't play the piano. I just got to stay one lesson ahead of the kid. I, I, I thought, it, like you said, it was a really funny line from Marge, wasn't it? I've got, just got to stay one lesson ahead of the kid is That's brilliant. True. It's, it's, <laughs> what a scheme. I would accept that line in any comedy, any time. It's such yeah. a good line. Yeah, it really is. And Lisa says, maybe I'll just, you know, won't go to college and I'll just uh, marry Millhouse. Poor Millhouse, even in the oh. dreams. I'll never be this happy again. Getting the palm <laughs> off, even in a fantasy. Poor dude. Homer is now in San Francisco, and this is where Krusty arrives. And what I think is the drive through which I thought was great. And Krusty announces that the Rubrich is no more because the animal they used is now extinct. What do you reckon they used? Had to be rats, wouldn't it? But it doesn't have more Oh, no, rats. sorry, more than one. Oh, so it's a spider burger? I don't, that's why I was like, what, there's bugs in this? Like, what? Yeah. What, what? It's odd. <laughs> but, um, you know, what sort that's of, not getting... What sort of meaty animal? That's what what sort of animal with meat on its has... bones has more than four legs? That's what I'm trying to think of. Um, I don't it's, know. It's, 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 they're all creepy crawlies that I can think of off the top of my head. But um, yeah. I did like Krusty's... Now, let's not get into who got rich off whom and who got exposed to tainted what. <laughs> he offers the very last rib which ever created... How great was Homer here? Welcome to the real world, hippies. So <laughs> spending them off. I love it when Homer just takes his he takes his anger out on hippies. It's great. And Krusty then bails. Um, Has to stop at the spotlight or the, the stoplight. Man, you got the last rib, witch. I'll give you anything for it. Please, please. I'll get you four days and three nights at a comfort inn anywhere in the lower forty-eight states. Blackout dates: December nineteenth through January fifth. I give you the Lisa to my car. <gasps> Lisa. This what I've come to, fighting over a stupid sandwich on my daughter's big day. Mister, 
I'll take that car. Hey, that's a nice. I have the buyer's remorse. He's now asking Sun Moon, uh, George Plimpton's asking Sun Moon to, to spell weather. And now, here's a question for you. Which weather was he asking for? Uh, he was asking for the one that's uh, sunlight and rain and all that stuff. Because no. she doesn't yeah, say no. WH? She says WE. Oh. Because she asked for it in a sentence. I don't know whether the weather will improve. Oh, Plimpton, <laughs> you bastard. Yeah, I know, right? Then it's time for Alex. His word is rigged. As in, this contest <laughs> is rigged. <laughs> I love you too. Bravo, my pet. You shall be champion. <laughs> Assuming Lisa misspells the next word. Oh, that's right. Does Transigence. It, does Alex really play up his cute little lisp and say, We, we. shit. I know, right? Alex, your word is rigged. As in, this contest is rigged. R-I-G-G-E-D. Rigged. Bravo, my pet. You shall be champion. Assuming Lisa misspells this next word. The word is intransigence. Could I please hear it in a sentence? Certainly. The little girl's intransigence cost her the college of her choice. Homer then arrives and we get... It's not, it's kind of lazy, but it's just, oh my God, Dad, you do care. <laughs> you did come. Blah, 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 blah. That's Didn't we see an episode yeah, even not like that long ago? Like three episodes ago when it was the, um, when he gets the private eye to do the, yeah. the, the dad who knew too little. It's like literally the exact same thing. <laughs> You're number one on my menu now, supersize it. And Lisa comes clean, misspells it anyway. I was like, this is good. I like it when Lisa fails. She needs to fail from, from time to time. As you said, you learn from failure. And she, I love, George's delivery here was great. You fool! It's and now you lose everything. <laughs> I go back to whatever it is I, I do. do. Lisa is sad in the car on the way home. It's a long way to drive to Calgary. Hmm. Well, it depends on where Springfield is. Let's just make sure there's no Calgary in the US, right? I googled before, and the Canadian one came up, and an American one did not come up. The family are trying to all comfort. You know, don't worry. You're the number one speller in this car. This Alex drives past. <laughs> then they arrive home, and the townspeople are all there to greet her at home. And Quimby says, you know, the biggest winner of this town we've had you know, since before you was just the, the woman who married Charles Grodin. Rest in peace, Charles. Oh, rest in peace, Charles Grodin. This ending just left me confused. They've carved her face into a mountain? What? Yeah, like they've done a, ra- a Mount Rushmore. Have they created a Mount Rushmore, especially I, for Lisa? I, it's like First of all, yeah, that seems most- like a bit of an overreaction. But then <laughs> a bit. <laughs> the whole thing, it's like uh, there was no gag. It just no, it, it pans. It, it pans out, shows the face, and that's the end of the episode. It's almost like it was a live episode, and there was someone up coming going, "Stretch it out, stretch it out." We've got <laughs> we've got twenty seconds. We can't have dead air, except you do have dead air because it's just like you're not doing anything with this. You're just sort no. of pulling back from Springfield. Here's Lisa on the Mount Rushmore. And- if, if, if it fell apart and crumbled or something at the end? And- yeah, or, you know, it was like it was made of paper mache or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they realised that this isn't a huge victory in the scheme of things. I don't know. Not a great ending. Not a. Luckily, the whole episode, I think, was solid and satisfying enough. Yeah, I, I just think, that, yeah, as we said at the start of this, I just thought it was a, a really fun episode that had a good B-plot that really kept... You kept you laughing throughout. I, I had a lot of fun with it with the B plot. I mean, as we called it, it wasn't really a B plot, but it, it is the B plot of this of this episode. The, or I'm sort of getting into the new name yeah. challenge here. 
was the spelling one, the B plot. Spelling B. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's terrible. Well played. That's <laughs> terrible. I suck. <laughs> what do we learn, Palmer? So what'd you learn from I'm spelling as fast as I can, Mr. Davis? If a fast food outlet says it's a limited time only offer, take advantage. What know what I learned? Take advantage of a bribe. Never say no to a bribe. <laughs> Morals don't matter. Bribes matter. Success. Yes. <laughs> Which goes against everything we said at the start of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, Mr. Davis, it is time for your new name championship for this episode. The current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, we have Nick Patterson on seven points. Equal second position, we have... Thalia or Talia? We need to we need to solidify what it actually is. Talia, we'll Thalia, DM please, please write this. into us. Write, write to us. <laughs> put, put DM us on Facebook or whatever. Just let us know. I'm gonna get it right. Okay, Ms. Ms. Enriquez and D.L. Gorman are both on eight points in second position, and our man Phil Hawkins atop the leaderboard on 14. So hit me, Mr. Davis, this week with the new names for I'm spelling as fast as I can. Okay. Lot of good new names for I'm spelling as fast as I can. So many, in fact. Can I just say, I feel like they've really listed the game this season, the patrons. They've really listed their game with the new names. I'm really impressed with some of the ones that are coming coming through in several weeks. It's like the the quality of The Simpsons isn't as good as what it used to be, but the new names just keeps getting better and better. I'm very impressed. <laughs> it's nice that they've uh, those ships have passed in a night. The quality of the show... Going one way, the quality of the new names going the other way. Hopefully the quality of this show is also going the same way as the new names. I'd like to think we're just steady. <laughs> <laughs> Neither high nor low. We're yeah. the constant. <laughs> yes, indeed. But yes, what there. have we got? A few honourable mentions mm-hmm. beforehand. In fact, right up to this very second, I've been wondering if some of these titles should be honourable mentions or I should actually divvy up some points because there's a lot of good ones throw some points around why not okay well in that case i feel sorry for one james proctor proctor strange because he's (laughs) going to get an honorable mention because there's just a little bit too much going on with this new title it's got to fit fit in a tv guide (laughs) that's true but james proctor strange gave us b b double e as in spelling b rib in brackets witched it is a lot going on, but I do like... <laughs> so, bewitched, but with the rib witch and the spelling bee and the thing and the what now? There's anyway. no witches in this episode. What? <laughs> but I, I, do like, I do like it. Well done. <laughs> it's good, James. Honourable mention, better luck next time, sir. One point, and we're going to give one point to two people. Or two people are going to get one point each. And this one's a little ribald. <laughs> well, these two are a little ribald, actually. I'm surprised you didn't give it three points if that's the case. I know, and I was I would really had to hold myself back, if you know what was, I mean. Was this sent in by the CEO of the Fox Network? <laughs> Something ribald, no doubt. Andrew JP provided us with Ribwitched for Homer's Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, have you ever used a ribbed condom, Mr. Davis? I never have. Neither. I've, no. I was about to say, I've never used a condom. But I actually have. Uh, but not a rib. You ever done that thing where you're, you've pulled over at the uh, the highway servo, you've gone to take a leak or whatever, and they've got their... Machines. Uh, vending machines with various prophylactics and other devices that just look... That just looks dangerous. Yeah, I look at it and go, 
For some reason, I feel like I'm going to catch something by buying this, so I'm not going. Oh to. yeah, <laughs> even pre-COVID, it's like I'm not touching that. Yeah. So Andrew JP, thank you for that one. That's one no, point no, for you. One point for him, and yeah. one point for Becky, quote unquote, bad manners, and she is bad because she gave us rib job. Oh, that's even better. <laughs> <laughs> have, you, have you ever have you ever performed a rib job, uh, rib job, Mister Davis? <laughs> I'll take that silence as a yes. <laughs> You're a witness. <laughs> Dear God, this show took a turn for the spicy. <laughs> Saucy, one might say. Uh, very well, well done, Becky Manners. That puts you on three points for your rib job. Indeed. Two points. And this is a, shall we say, quantity over quality pick. Quantity over quality? I thought it should go the other way around, right? Well, there's a... Like three pieces of shit. This three pers- pieces of shit is not better than one piece of chocolate. Actually, it's a very valid point. But none of these are shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's a lot of them. They're good. They're not great. It's from our pal Nora Coca. Listen to listen to some of these. This is two points, by the way. Two points. The lion, the rib witch, and the wart dope. Yeah, not bad. Sliding yes. in the, the dough there, yeah. Yes. B plot, B double E, spelling B plot. B plot, yeah, huh? Yeah. Spell you later. That's great, actually. That's very good. Well done, Becky. Yeah, I like it. This is Nora. Oh, sorry, Nora. Yeah, yeah. I should know this because that just put Nora uh, on four points. I just added two points. To We're not score. even done yet. She got more. Wow, we and or one more. Also, B U T and the feast. It's pretty B- good. These B. Are- yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's friend. Not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Okay, two point. Two points to Nora. Yeah, very good. Well done. But three points for two people. Mm-hmm. So yes, two two of our new name challenges have got three points apiece. One of them, Mark Boston Burgess. Ooh, is Mark on the leaderboard yet? Let's see. I don't have his name here. So welcome to the leaderboard, Mark. What has he got for us? Indeed, quality and quantity in this one. And no disrespect to Nora. I thought some of hers were quite quality, but I think these ones are slightly higher quality. Mm-hmm. The sweet spell of success. That's yeah, cool. Well done. Yeah, that's a good one. And I just love this one. Straight out of Plimpton. <laughs> awesome. Pretty, pretty good. Three points also to Talia slash Thalia. Oh, wow. Enrique. She is pulling the goods this season. She's on. You, she's, now, she's now in second position outright. Well done. What has she got? The titles are to be, B-double-E, yep. or not to be, B-double-E. <laughs> so yeah. spelling B. Very good. See, no one like read that. I can actually buy that as the actual title they would go with. I would think so. Between that and Sweet Smell of Su- Sweet Spell of yes. Success, I reckon they're both spe- pretty good. Or Spell is very good as well. Spell is not bad, as is Beauty and the Feast. Uh, Thalia slash Talia also gave us Don't Stop Be Leaving. Oh, another good one. A lot of plays on bees, but yeah, very good yeah. stuff. Yeah. Very good. So, well uh, done, yeah. guys. Well done. Very impressed, patrons. Good work. I'm very <laughs> top job. Yes. <laughs> you top get rim job. Two two <laughs> thumbs up. Well done. If you guys want to hey! be a, there are still uh, about ten or so episodes left in this season. So there's still plenty of chances to get yourself on the leaderboard and go into the wildcard draw or potentially get a few three pointers and get up to the top of the leaderboard and win yourself some cold hard cash. Still the title from Phil Hawkins is now only three points ahead of Talia. So Phil Hawkins on fourteen, Thalia, Talia, uh, Enriquez on eleven, and DL Gormont on eight. Uh, which kicks Nick Patterson on seven out of the top three. 
But if you want to be a part of the championship, you just got to be a patron. It's for as little as $1 per month. You support the show and you get access to a bunch of exclusives, the Facebook group and more. Patreon.com slash finger discount. Or like we always say, if you if Patreon's not your thing, that's perfectly fine. You can also support the show simply via a PayPal donation uh, to fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. And all donations, big or small, regardless if it's just one cent, gets you a shout out on the podcast. Please, listeners, don't send through like hundreds of one cent donations though. <laughs> but I will no take bi- money. No Bitcoin either. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe some Bitcoin. I don't, I don't uh, understand but, it. But yes, all your support is much appreciated. But the fact that you guys just continue to listen to the show is also appreciated as well. You're all absolute champions. But for now, Mr. Davis, that's the new name leaderboard. Mm-hmm. We are now going to get into the mailbag. Yay. JaVale. JaVale is here. Ooh. Okay, before we get into today's questions, don't forget if you do have a question for us and you're not a patron, you can send your questions to simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. It doesn't have to be a question, just be a message as well. And if you don't want us to read, us out, read it out in the air, just let us know in the email as well. We'd love to hear from each and every one of you. If you're, if you're, honestly, if you're a listener of the show and you've never contacted us and you're not a patron, write in simpsonsmailbag at gmail.com. We would love to hear from all of you out there because we do love each and every one of you. All right, Mr. Davis. So the first question here for... I'm spelling as fast as I can, comes from Andrew JP. And I believe you may have messaged, uh, mentioned this at the start of the podcast, similar to the same uh, to the question that Sean Devey sent in. Yes. So Andrew says, what's been your favorite fast food gimmick slash promotion slash limited release? And Sean Devey said, is there a one-off food, drink, product, et cetera, that you would love to see come back and feel complete knowing you had the last ever available ever <laughs> again? So the first part of that question, Andrew JP, what's been your favorite, Mr. Davis, fast food gimmick or promotion or whatever? I think I've mentioned in the past about my appreciation of the McDonald's burger, the Beefmeister. You may have, but I've forgotten if you did. What was the Beefmeister? I sort of, I think I built it up in my memory as just this glorious burger. When in fact, it's really just a double quarter pounder, which is on the menu now. Yeah, so, it's, it, it's it's now a proper thing, isn't it? Because it wasn't for a while. Yeah. Now, have you ever, have you ever tried the pounder, the four one? No. It's oh, four. It's four patties. Yeah. But I'm, not sure, I, I'm not sure I can do it. I mean, I've, I told, could, I've told the story of the guy I used to work with at Coles. We said to him, "If you eat a double pounder, we'll pay for your food and we'll pay for your Maccas for like for eternity." We say that. <laughs> we say that he like didn't work there for like a month later, but he ate a double pounder large fries and a coke, smashed it down on his lunch break. Double pounder, eight pieces of meat. That's incredible. I mean, yeah. I get the feeling I could probably do um, two double quarter pounders, but I couldn't do one pounder. You know what I mean? But two double quarter pounders is more than one pounder. I know. (laughs) Don't ask me how my brain and or stomach work. Uh, Now, but I was a fan of the Beefmaster. I remember really digging it back in the day, but that was was 20-something guy. 20-something guy could handle that kind of thing and and not worry about his internal organs just liquefying. Yeah, that was a future guy problem. That was a future guy problem, and now we've got the future guy problem. Yeah, present um, guy problem. <laughs> I mean, I did have the double quarter pounder not long ago. When I say not long ago, a few months back ago, I was like, oh, this is not an everyday food. In fact, McDonald's is not an everyday food. Sorry, our friends at Macca's, but it's oh, not. Oh, do I have a story for you once you're finished, by the way, regarding McDonald's? Ooh, I'm never finishing. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, there's also... Um, I'm rather partial to the Mexican food brought to us by our friends at Zambreros. Mm. You have mentioned Zambreros quite a few times on the show. Have I? Oh, gosh. Zambreros and Enzo's. Enzo's good pizza. Enzo's is good pizza. But Zambreros is good Mexican food, and they had a thing a little while back called the Truffalo Burrito. Mm. Okay. They sort of had truffle sauce in it. 
good burrito. Mm, yeah. So um, I, I missed that. I wish that would come back. And it probably yeah. will at some stage. Now, please tell me this Macca story. Okay. So it's Saturday morning. I'm driving around with Elliot. We're doing our usual train watching to give Nicola a break. Give mummy a break. And we say, I say, we'll stop by Macca's. And Elliot, when he gets McDonald's, he usually gets a Happy Meal. But instead of a Coke, we're getting a little uh, thick shake. If you order it via the app, you can change the Coke for a thick shake, right? Ooh. But it was only like 10 a.m. So I said, look, mate, you're not getting a thick shake and you don't have Happy Meals. But I will get you a cheese toasty. He loves cheese toasty. So you got a hash brown. And I'd never ordered a cheese toasty from McDonald's before. I said, look, I can, you can, I'll get you this cheese toasty. He was super excited. He was sitting there going, very excited. Because he loves <laughs> cheese toasties, right? And I said, it's gonna, and I said, mate, it's a McDonald's toasty, so it's going to be really good. He's like, oh, I'm so excited, so excited. So <laughs> we get the cheese toasty. They say, oh, sorry, there's going to be a bit of a weight on your cheese toasty. Do you mind pulling to the side? As they usually do. So we went to the side. Guy runs out, gives me the bag. I chuck it next, into the chair next to me. I get home. I open up said bag. I took photos and I'll post this uh, in the Patreon group and I'll post it on Twitter once this goes live on the free feed, right? So the, mm-hmm. the listeners out there, can, all the free listeners can listen as well and see what I'm talking about. The cheese toasty consisted of, you know when you get like the sourdough bread, it's kind of like an oval shape, right? Yes. So it was that cut in, two slices of that cut in half. So it was essentially four semi-ovals, semi right? Yeah. Just dropped in a bag. And two slices of cheese just dropped in a bag, not toasted. What? Just fresh bread and cheese. A simple your own toasty. I literally opened up the bag and there was just four pieces of bread and a piece of cheese stuck to the side of the bag and a piece of cheese stuck to the bottom of the bag. Not toasted, no butter, nothing. I was livid. I paid four bucks for this thing. I could, I mean, I know it's only four dollars, but motherfucker, if you order a cheese toasty, it's in the title. Toasty. No, they... This is not make your own toasty. No. The motherfuckers had literally made me wait five minutes and then just got two bits of cheese, four little bits of bread, and fucking dropped them in a bag. Like, honestly, you might sound like I'm overreacting. Once you see these photos, actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my phone and send it to you right next. I want to see your reaction to this. Hang on one this, second. This sounds like... Did you ever see that fire fraud documentary? Do you know about those? No, I don't. No. There's this, there was this music festival called Fire Festival. Oh, it, fuck yes. And the, the, how bad was the food? And yeah, and they was like... Oh man! This a, this beats a, that. At least that was somewhat prepared. This is worse. <laughs> this is fucking worse. You wait. Till, I'm gonna get my phone. I'm gonna send you the picture. Hang on one second. Okay. Looking forward to this. You hold the fort for thirty seconds while I go get my phone. Daniel Hartley uh, asked us a question as well, wondering if Requiem for a Dream was the quote unquote nastiest. Uh, movie that had ever been referenced on The Simpsons? That's a really good question, and I'm going to have to say probably yes, because I can't think of many movies nastier than Requiem for a Dream, unless we're talking like, you know, some really grotesque Italian zombie movie from the 80s, which I don't think The Simpsons would do. Um, So... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that one a guess, Daniel. I think it is probably the nastiest movie ever referenced slash paid tribute to on The Simpsons. And as, as I mentioned earlier, certainly one that I'll never watch again. Dando is on his way back. He won't be too far away, I'm sure. I did pretty well. You I, did? Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. All right, so I'm really <laughs> interested. Can't wait to go back and edit this podcast and hear what Guy Davis had to say there. <laughs> no, no, I answered Daniel Hartley's question. Oh, that's good on you. All right, so <laughs> I am going to send you, I've got the phone here, I'm going to send you these photos, right? You will be flabbergasted. Three photos. Okay. All right, so open up your Facebook. 
Oh, he's sending it to you via Facebook. Yes, Facebook, yes. So sure. open them up. You'll see one photo here is the, the bread in the bag. The other two are what the, what it looked like once I took it out. That's what? Can it's you see real? that? Yeah. That's, That's what they... That, what? <laughs> now, did you go back? I called, so I called them up, right? Yeah. And I said, I just came through, ordered a cheese toasty for my son. Got home and it's not toasted. And her honest to God response was, you, what do you mean it wasn't toasted? I said... It wasn't toasted. I said that it's, it's literally just four bits of bread. As you can see in the photo, Mr. Davis, it's just four yes. bits of bread. By the way, this was McDonald's North Geelong. I'm going to fucking name shame right? Name of shame. Absolutely. It was, I said, I put, there's just four bits of bread and two bits of cheese just thrown in a bag. And she goes, well, I find that hard to believe. I went, I've, it's right here. I said, I'm holding it right now. I said, we're not going to begin. And she goes, well, look, if you can bring it in and prove that this is how it actually was pre- presented to you, I will, I will happily replace it. I was like, you rude fucking bitch. That is just double the insult. First of all, you get a make your own toasty kit. Yeah. It was it was shocking. And then I, you get denied by yeah, some yeah. pencil pushing manager. Wrong. KFC, right? They forgot one of our chips about three months ago. I called them up and went, Hey dude, just wanna let you know that I, I ordered chips and you didn't give me the chips and now my wife and I have to share. He's Immediate response was, what's your name? What's your phone number? I'll give you $30 credit. Fucking didn't even question it. KFC, 30 bucks? KFC over McDonald's every day of the week. Fuck the you, Colonel McDonald's. over the clown. Yeah, fucking clowns. That's what they were. I couldn't believe it. I was flabbergasted. <laughs> Live it. Broken Wow. Goodness. You're very upset. <laughs> and justifiably so, folks. When you see these photos, you will be too. Would you pay $4? I'm made to wait, get home, and the motherfucking thing is just bits of bread thrown in the bag? Uh-uh. Boom. <laughs> so no more McDonald's. I give up on McDonald's. Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get it. So you answered Daniel Hartley's question. Brett Requiem, yes, okay, cool. I did. Reese Roberts says, what is your favorite Olympic moment? His is when Kylie Minogue sang ABBA at the closing ceremony of the Sydney Games. Owen in Tokyo, the women's rugby sevens winning gold. I was going to say, <laughs> Olympic moment <laughs> being a ceremony with Kylie Minogue is not really an Olympic moment. I guess it is, is at the ceremony. But um, yeah. <laughs> sporting Olympic moment for me, I can remember when Kathy Freeman won gold. It, I can it's got to be mu- Kathy Freeman, right? Yeah. I can remember like, my mum crying. I, I didn't quite get what it meant at the time, but I just remember not really understanding it, but still knowing that, okay, this must mean something. It felt important. It, it did, yeah. yeah. And Bruce, Bruce McAvaney, the iconic Australian sports commentator, doing the call for it and everything. Yeah, it oh. felt big. Other favourite Olympic moments... For me, it would be the 2000 Olympics when the Super Simpsons Fan Fest aired on Fox 8, where it was just 24-hour <laughs> Simpsons for two straight weeks. <laughs> Ooh, that does sound marvellous. It was Look, great. I think if you're an Australian, you're probably going to say Kathy Freeman, aren't you? Kathy Freeman, yeah. Or, it, you know, Susie O'Neill, Kieran Perkins. Yeah, good dudes and dudettes in the pool. If we're going to be talking opening or closing ceremonies, though, I thought the 2012 London opening ceremony was really good. Is that the one that had the Spice Girls reunion? I don't know if it had the Spice Girls, but it had Daniel Craig as Bond walking with the Queen. That is pretty cool. Yeah, and she basically said, go to it, 007 or something. The Queen was playing along, which I thought was <laughs> oh, pretty rad. Really? Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. It had a lot of great stuff in it. It was sort of a celebration of all things English. I actually, I think I downloaded it, and I've still got it on my computer somewhere, because I thought, this is really well done. Yeah. It was orchestrated by Danny Boyle, who did Train Spotting, and yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of other stuff. It's fantastic. So... Yeah, if we're talking sporting moments, Kathy Freeman, absolutely. If we're talking opening or closing ceremony or other stuff like that, uh, I've got to go with the 2012 London opening ceremony. Uh, and final question here comes from Jack McCarthy. Can you spell intrans- intransigence? 
Can you pronounce it transgender? I, I feel like he spelt it wrong because I, <laughs> I had it spelt right in my notes. I can read it correctly. I can't read the way he wrote it though. How did how's it pronounced, Mister Davis? Intransigence, intransigence, intransigence. Yes. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, intran. Okay, we spelled it the same way. I apologize, Jack. <laughs> I'm just half I'm, asleep. Intransigence. <laughs> I must admit, I'm looking at the way that I've written it out here, and I think I have covered an A with an E. So the answer is no. I love the way that Plimpton R said, "You fool!" <laughs> when she spelled it wrong. <laughs> All right, and final. Final question here comes from our mailbag, simpsonsmailbag at oh. gmail.com. Oh, this is a surprise. Yes, and this one is from uh, Trevor Desmond, who is from Devonport in Iowa. Oh. He says, which location in Springfield would you like to visit if this was a real town, if you had to choose only one? Ooh. Where would you like to pay a visit to in Springfield, Mr. Davis? Where do you think you'd get the most fun? Like if you, it doesn't have to be the most fun. Like which one are you most intrigued by to check out in if this was a real place? I think I'd have to go to Moe's. I thought Moe's as well, but then I thought, what are you going to do there besides your drink? Soak up the atmosphere, chat with local barflies. That does sound, yeah, it does sound like a bit of fun, yeah. Especially if you yeah. still left it decked out like Uncle Moe's family feedback. <laughs> um, yeah, Moe's was the one that first came to my mind as well. It'd probably be fun to walk around the power plant. Oh, yeah. They could have you know, walked through Burns's little secret little hideouts and whatnot. Yeah, I, th- I think probably I think Moses is the one that just seems to was the first that came to my mind as well. I was just trying to think of somewhere else. Stately Burns Manor, I think that would be great. Actually, that's a good one. Yeah, Mister Burns's house would be fantastic. You just know there's going to be plenty of like hidden rooms yeah. and stuff, and yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, but thanks for the question, Trevor. If you do have questions, guys, Simpsons Mailbag at gmail dot com. Please do not forget to continue to rate and review us in on Apple Podcasts. We had another rating, Mister Davis. We're on four nine five. We need five more. Come on, there's. So yeah. many of you out there listening right now, we just need five more ratings to get that 500 on Apple Podcasts. So if you can please do set up so. A, this set week. up a burner account. <laughs> yes, do it. It'd only take you a minute or so to do so. We would be really appreciative if you could do it. And also leave us a review, and we will read out all new reviews on the show. So head to Four Finger Discount on Apple Podcasts. We'd much appreciate it. We want to try and hit that 500. It'd be a big celebration when we do. Yeah. Also, don't forget, guys, uh, we are going to be dropping. On October 30th, a very special bonus review of a Simpsons episode that no one knew was coming, just as a special treat because we love our patrons so much. So if you want to get access to that, you've just got to be a patron. All patrons get access to it, including $1 patrons. It's going to be dropping on October 30th. So if you want access to that, by the time you listen to this, free listeners, it's already gone up last week, so it's already up there now. Uh, Patron listeners right now will be going, ooh, I wonder what it's going to be. So it's going to be dropped on October 30th. You're going to want to hear it. It's a really, really fun review. I won't surprise what... I won't drop the surprise what it is. Uh, All right, Mr. Davis, that has been our review of I'm Spelling As Fast As I Can. Next week's review is going to be for the episode A Star Is Born Again. Don't think I know exactly what this episode's about. I'm not going to look it up right now because I want to be surprised. Much like I did with this episode here. I remembered the spelling bee. And then when I started watching it, I went, oh, it's the Ribwich one as well. I think that's what put me in a good mood for it. I was like, oh, yes, I love this one. So, yeah, but, but this was just a good episode all in all. Um, uh, I'm spelling as fast as I can. Really enjoyed it. Next week is A Star Is burnt, uh, Born Again. Please don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, on Instagram at Four Finger Discount, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to show your support, you can either become a member of the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon or chuck us a donation at fourfingerdiscount at outlook.com. All contributions will get read out, uh, shared out on the podcast, and you'll get access to a couple of exclusive podcasts as well for a PayPal donation. 
But for now, Mr. Davis, any final words for those amazing listeners out there? Mmm, I don't mind the podcast. Shh.